Welcome to Food Navigator Asia's monthly podcast with African food and beverage trailblazers. This is a series where we speak to and get to know more about groundbreaking food and beverage firms in the Asia-Pacific region, as well as the people behind them and their stories. I am Pearlie, the editor of Food Navigator Asia, and as always, I am your host for this series. Joining me today is co-founder and CEO of Thailand's Mormi, Kandra Tana Chot Borapong. And because of my lack of confidence in repeating <laughs> that, I will us- I usually do call her Mimi. Yeah. So now Mimi's brainchild, Mormi, uses a Thai native mushroom species, the Litgill mushroom, to make all of its products. And we will certainly be speaking more about that very shortly. But first of all, hello Mimi, welcome to the podcast and thank you so much for joining me today. Hi Pearly, thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored to be on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining me. It's really great to have you here, you know, and have the opportunity to speak to you here in Bangkok. And I think the first thing our listeners will be wondering about is, what is the split gill mm-hmm. mushroom? I mean, we're very familiar with shiitake, we're familiar with button mushrooms, mm-hmm. but this does seem a bit more unusual, so do tell us a bit more about this. Thanks so much, Pearly. So, um, the split gill mushroom is actually um, a mushroom that is native not only in Thailand, but actually is available in uh, many countries in Southeast Asia and also in India as well. The the native um, Thai nickname for this mushroom is actually called the gecko toe because the shape of this mushroom, it has this split gill. It, it looks like a um, nice little like furry paw. <laughs> yeah, so hence, hence the nickname in, in mm-hmm. Thai. Um, but, but what's amazing about these mushrooms is that they uh, are naturally found on rubber trees. Mm. And we have a lot of rubber trees and rubber plantations here in, in Thailand. Mm-hmm. So um, these mushrooms are, are found there. And we have a, we're working with local farmers and um, community to mm-hmm. develop um, how to cultivate these mushrooms in order to help them grow alongside their rubber plantations. So alongside, um, you know, the rubber business that they're doing where, mm-hmm. you know, the price of rubbers fluctuates in Thailand, yeah. we want them to be able to have a more stable and mm. sustainable income. So that's why we want to encourage, you know, mm-hmm. um, the farmers as well as pe- other people in the community as well mm-hmm. um, to have more jobs um, mm-hmm. and, and buy cultivating these mush- mushrooms, um, mm-hmm. they're able to have an extra income as well as being able to have a um, more job opportunities. Are there any particular benefits, you know, that this gill mushroom can convey, whether this be in terms of like mm. health or nutrition or in terms of making meat alternatives? Yeah, so the split mushroom is actually very amazing because they're packed with many amino a- uh, acids that can complement mm-hmm. um, the aminos that are found in soy. Um, so apart from that aspect, the mushroom also contains beta glucan, Mm -hmm. which is a bioactive compound that can, um, help improve your immune system and brain functions. And this is, uh, has been extensively researched, um, Mm -hmm. in, in many countries and, uh, especially in Thailand, we have uh, done many reports Mm -hmm. on the speaking mushroom in use for, you know, traditional medicine and stuff. So. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing. And on top of that, what we found in our lab was that the structure of these blicule mushrooms are very similar to red meat. Mm. So, so with this, they are per- a perfect um, plant-based ingredient to use mm-hmm. because what, um, in the way that we use it in, in our product, more meat, um, the splicking mushroom gives our product that extra texture, mm-hmm. um, extra meatiness. Uh, and, and in that sense, we don't have to use additional 
flavorings or uh, you know chemical ingredients to help with the texture. I have seen you know more meat focus was very much being on making a meat alternative that you know consumers have basically have to cook from scratch. And so what was the thinking behind it? You know, starting off with something like this as opposed mm -hmm. to sausages, you know, nuggets, uh -huh. things that which most other firms you know usually start off with. Yes, um, with, with more meat, um, we actually started from the pain point of our customers mm -hmm. who are mostly Thai. And what we found out was, you know, with, with products that are flavored, you know, like burgers or nuggets or uh, sausages, it's something that we don't actually have every day in, in Thai cuisine or for, mm -hmm. for Thai customers. So what our customers usually do um, is take these products and have to change them to to fit the local cuisine. They they have to add more sauces, more seasonings, mm -hmm. more which which adds on to the amount of sodium that mm -hmm. they're consuming. And many of the consumers in Thailand are health conscious, so the health is the priority. Mm -hmm. So they're very concerned about the ingredient list and also like the nutrition list as well. So sodium is one of the major concerns mm -hmm. for our customers. Taking into account, we wanted to create something that is more versatile mm -hmm. for Thai consumers. As well as I, I can say like many Asian consumers, right? Mm -hmm. Because in Asian cuisine, we, we, we're so... Um, Lots of sauces. Yeah, we use a lot of sauces. We use a lot of spice and herbs. So, mm -hmm. so that is amazing in itself. Um, the, the way that we cook our food adds on to that flavor. So with a plant-based product that we wanted to bring to market mm -hmm. we wanted to make sure that it's as neutral as possible mm -hmm. so that we can leave that space for our customers to be able to season according to their likings or to their concerns i guess on there's also this other thing on the other side of the coin i guess because i know you're also uh, launching a range of ready-to-cook items yeah. very soon as well so that's the other side of the coin yeah. so what are you doing here in terms of differentiating yourself from the sausages the nuggets the burger mm -hmm. patties that you know most other firms are doing well with the ready-to-cook to line um, many of our customers are you know like small families living in their uh, city center in little apartment um, maybe not having access or time in their busy mm -hmm. schedule to cook something from scratch, but still they want to have, you know, something that is healthy, something that, that is beneficial to their health. It, you know, it's, it's hard for them to use more meat to cook everyday meal. Mm -hmm. so, so that was one of the pain points for customers with the, the current product that we have. And the second point was, you know, like in recent years, the price of fresh ingredients are so expensive, mm -hmm. like you know, Thai basil, mm -hmm. uh, coriander, it's so expensive here in Thailand. When customers they want to create, you know, let's say a grapao, which is like a Thai basil dish, mm -hmm. they have to buy garlic, they have to buy chili, they have to buy basil, mm -hmm. and cost us a lot of money mm -hmm. just to make a dish, you mm -hmm. know, to, to share with their family. So they're so they're spending a lot of, of money on these ingredients and at the end wasting also a lot of these food mm -hmm. because you're you're never gonna finish it, you know, yep, that yep. onion and the and garlic in the fridge is always left over. So this was actually the spark um, to why we wanted to create a ready-to-cook line, mm -hmm. which also offers that convenience, mm -hmm. but at the same time being able to offer like a hearty, a healthy meal mm -hmm. that that consumers can cook at home. Though the way that we differentiate our ready-to-cook line uh, from other products is that we want to highlight on local cuisine. So mm -hmm. with the first one that we're launching is more of a Thai Thai um, kind of 
basic dishes like mm -hmm. the basil dish, curries. Mm -hmm. I'm using like real herbs and spices mm -hmm. in our products, and mm -hmm. it differentiates us from many brands using mm -hmm. um, more of the powdered or mm -hmm. um, processed ingredients. Yeah, you know, the sodium is going to be higher than, than the regular mori, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it wouldn't be t as high. Wondering in terms of um, the demand you're seeing for the original unseasoned product mm -hmm. versus the ready-to-cook product, what, what sort of like consumer demand are you seeing from both sides? What we haven't really seen in the market yet are actually ready-to-cook products. Mm. So this is in between ready-to, you know, the, the base yep. ingredient and also like ready-to-eat. So mm. from, from our research is that, you know, most customers, they still want to have that experience of cooking, the mm. feeling of, you know, cooking at home and having this fresh meal, not mm. like microwavable stuff. Mm. So that's something that we really want to tackle on. We, I can say that there's not yet a lot of products in this category, mm -hmm. especially in plant-based, that are available in Thailand yet. Looking at the trend, you know, of plant-based okay. products here in Thailand, especially in ASEAN as well, mm -hmm. it, uh, things are gaining a lot of traction very quickly. Mm -hmm. But how do you see the overall plant-based trend evolving, growing over the next few years? In Thailand alone, it's mm -hmm. growing so aggressively in the um, in the sense of the the players, mm -hmm. um, and also on the demand side, we yeah. can see more people trying to become more plant, uh, following a more plant-based diet, more flexitarian diet, you know, concerning, you know, over the past few years of the mm -hmm. pandemic, more customers are, are, are more aware of mm. ingredients and the way that food is being made. So yeah. it brings a lot to their attention, mm -hmm. you know, the introduction of these plant-based mm -hmm. um, food mm -hmm. and alternatives. So the market is growing really, really, mm -hmm. really big. So, okay, we've talked quite a fair bit about the products, <laughs> about the industry. So now I'd like to find out a bit more about your own entrepreneurial journey so far. So I understand you have a background in things like beauty. <laughs> you even did a stint as a flight attendant uh -huh. for a while. So, you know, how did you find yourself here as a food entrepreneur? Yeah, I know. It's, it's, so, it's so strange that suddenly, mm -hmm. um, you know, this big career change, right? Um, so, yeah, I used to be a flight attendant mm -hmm. uh, for a few years. And that actually brought to my attention, you know, the the importance of looking after myself. Mm -hmm. So we fly a lot, we, you know, don't eat so well, don't sleep so well. So it comes down to, you know, living a lifestyle that that makes me the strongest that mm -hmm. I can be and many of that is um, in diet. So mm -hmm. I've become very interested in many types of diets. Mm -hmm. um, um, by being able to fly to different countries, mm -hmm. I'm able to visit many supermarkets I, i'm pretty sure a lot of um, the listeners might like relate with this but yeah. when you fly over it's like I supermarket is the number I one yeah, yeah. the number one destination so um i think i was lucky enough to see a lot of these innovative products in many countries mm -hmm. especially in you know the western side yeah. of the world there there's an emergence of these like plant-based category mm. which at that time was was really exciting like because in thailand um, we've never heard about that before. There's only mm -hmm. like tofu, you know, uh, textured vegetable protein. Mm -hmm. So very s simple stuff. But with these like, you know, the emergence of like Beyond Burger mm -hmm. and all these like a trend that is very interesting. And mm -hmm. um, I sue myself, I find myself to explore, you know, the plant-based yeah. diet. And mm -hmm. I really like it because it's not con constricting. So mm -hmm. there's many options. Um, 
which uh, which I found very interesting. Yeah, so my older brothers at that time, they were working with um, our family business in food and manufacturing. So mm -hmm. we're manufacturer of like organic food products. Mm -hmm. So there's a bit of experience and background in kind of food manufacturing and understanding of the health and wellness um, industry in Thailand. Yeah. And what my brothers did at that time was to help with import and exports of different mm -hmm. products like food and also in terms of wellness. So when I got back, I kind of worked with them. Mm -hmm. And you know, the, the first question was, what do you want to, you know, what kind of products <laughs> do you want to bring or, mm -hmm. you know? So immediately I thought about these plant-based mm -hmm. meats or plant-based um, mm -hmm. food products. And soon was um, starting to distribute these mm -hmm. more of the Western um, products mm -hmm. in, into the Thai market. And yeah, so that was how we got to learn about the feedback and also mm -hmm. the customers' um, insight on, you know, the the messaging and the marketing, yep. you know, all these concerns about mm -hmm. nutrition and stuff. So that was like the big why I wanted to start our own thing was because when we were just a distributor, it's really hard to when we get the feedback mm -hmm. to be able to relay that feedback back to these big yep. manufacturers, right? Mm -hmm. And it's really because yes. I wanted to provide something that is very transparent mm -hmm. and being able to provide that to my customers. Um, I guess also, you know, it would really be interesting to find out what has struck you, you know, as the most challenging thing about breaking into the food industry. Uh -huh. you know? Has it been more challenging than training to be a flight attendant? Definitely, because um, with, with such a big change in mm. Korea path, right, I... I have to tell you first, I have a background in language and culture, so mm. nothing to do with food science or, or, mm. or food in particular. So, um, and along with my team, my co colleagues, my, my co-founders, um, none of us have a degree in mm. food science. So that is one of the biggest challenge mm. as someone who wants to, you know, yep. step in this like food manufacturing business. Mm -hmm. um, how are we going to mm -hmm. do it? I started building my own like plant-based meat yeah. in my kitchen, thinking oh, that it would be as easy as baking a cake or cooking, you know, like buying all these ingredients, <laughs> and, you know, looking at YouTube and mm -hmm. reading things and imagining that it would be mm -hmm. so easy to create like a meat from plants. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. in actual fact, it wasn't. <laughs> Obviously, I think the listener and you must have thought like, Minnie, what are you thinking, right? <laughs> yeah, of course it's not that easy. So from that day, knowing that it's not easy, right, mm -hmm. to reach out to to someone who can help us with mm -hmm. research you know we have the idea we have you know what we want but yep. it's we can't execute it so mm. we want someone who who's expert in the field mm -hmm. so we started to reach out to uh, researchers like mm -hmm. in Thailand and also abroad mm -hmm. in the end we decided to go with the local researcher yep. Be even though it took almost twice the time amount mm -hmm. of time and effort to, to kind of brief what we wanted and all these things but we really believe that we wanted to create this impact mm. not only for you know the farmers and the local supply and yeah. adding value in that in that sense but we really want to revolutionize the mm. entire ecosystem like starting from the supply to yeah. the the people with the innovation right mm -hmm. and we, we really trust that thai people also have the um capability yeah. the knowledge on mm. on the food products and and be able to give them that chance yeah. to prove themselves and mm -hmm. to to be able to work with them mm -hmm. Okay, uh, I actually, I think this is this question is going to sound a little bit weird because mm -hmm. I think it should, it should be quite obvious uh -huh. the biggest difference, you know, between your previous career path yeah. and what you're doing now. 
But I'm sure you have your own insights into mm. that. You know, what have you found to be the biggest differences between these two sort of industries? Um, you know, when I was working in, as a flight attendant, it's mm-hmm. super carefree, and it's in the sense that I'm working as an employee for mm. for you know one of the many employees in this big company. Yeah. Um, we have our responsibilities, mm-hmm. do it done for the day, mm-hmm. no no more worries, you know. Yeah. And and this is something that is very different. There is a much higher sense of responsibility, mm-hmm. not only for yourself on like, okay, what to do next, right? Mm-hmm. But also on my employees, my team teammates, my mm-hmm. colleagues, right? Um, and being able to be responsible for them as well. You know, we have to yep. provide their salary every yep. month, you know, being, <laughs> making sure. sure that they're happy with the work mm-hmm. environment. That would definitely be the biggest change. Mm-hmm. But yeah. also, it, it's it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Doing something that we love. I mean, I yeah. love being a flight attendant. It's definitely my dream job. Mm. Um, but, you know, with this change, it's it's a big thing as well to, to change something. And um, now I'm doing also something that today I'm really passionate about. And mm-hmm. so I feel like it's always living the dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very good. That's very good. Do you have to smile as much as you used to have? <laughs> I, I actually think so. I think that's, that's, that's probably one, one thing that is very similar because mm. really the attitude, like smiling, really mm-hmm. powers through. Like, mm. keep on smiling. <laughs> I can imagine all that changing all the came into your hands, right? Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything that you wish you had known when you were starting out on this journey, making this huge change? You know, anything you might have done differently if you mm-hmm. had known this earlier? Well, definitely many things that I wish um, I could have known before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but maybe an advice on, you know, people who are thinking about starting, you know, their own business or a startup. I think definitely. Don't think too long. Just mm. do it. Okay. <laughs> Just do it because that's the hardest part. When you have all the ideas, mm-hmm. you know, in your head, it's really hard to start to start executing it mm-hmm. to finally find a team, perfect mm-hmm. team to do it. My advice would be just start it. Mm-hmm. Don't think too much about it. It's never going to be perfect. You know, the plan is never going to be as you have in your head. So to overcome everything is definitely to take that big step mm-hmm. in starting. And I think once you know, started something, right, you, you're more committed to it. And then at that point, you're going to work differently. You're going to be able to try different ways. And in that sense, it's not going to be a perfect plan, but you're going to learn so much more than what you imagine. And the second thing would definitely be don't don't be shy to ask for help. There's more than just going to ask money from mm. your friends, family, or the bank. There's so many grants. Um, there's so many programs that you can mm. join, like incubator programs, accelerator mm. programs, that can really hook you up to mentors and also someone who can really help you with mm. in, in terms of growing your business. Mm-hmm. And also many support from mm-hmm. whether the government um, or the you know private sector is just a bit of funding going on in that mm-hmm. sense to help push your startup. I think it's a... It's a great way to to definitely start your business and also to start that connection with people in the industry or a very similar industry who can potentially like help you mm-hmm. along the way. Thank you so much, me. So yeah, and thank you again. Thank you so much for joining me today. It was so great to have you on the podcast. Really grateful to have you know had the chance to meet you in person and that you made the time to meet me. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. I'm really really thankful and I'm um, really 
happy to see you here in person, Pearly. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you so much. And thank you also everyone for listening to this podcast as well. And I wish everyone a great day ahead. For Food Navigator Asia, this is Pearly signing off.